1: everybody, and welcome to Episode 3 of the Waiver Wire Rider Podcast on Rotovis Radio. I am your host, Zachary Kruger, and today we are going to look at players who we should be considering adding for our Week 4 matchups as the Waiver Wire period approaches. These suggestions are based off of PPR scoring, so be sure to adjust if you're playing in a format different from PPR. And as always, if you have any questions, you are welcome to reach out to me on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. Throughout the course of the week, I'll be doing my best to respond to any questions tweets, or direct messages that may come my way as we get ready for yet another week of this fantasy football season. For right now, let's go ahead and get into the show. First position we're going to be looking at is quarterback. Um, the first quarterback we're going to be looking at is Washington football team's Taylor Heineke. Um, last week against the Buffalo Bills, Heineke and the football team fell 43-21, to but Heineke did manage to post 23.38 points and finished as the overall QB nine which is a little bit surprising given that he was not a decent real life quarterback this week Uh, he completed just 14 of 24 passes for 212 yards two touchdowns and two interceptions and then he also did run in a touchdown to kind of save his fantasy week a little bit but overall things were not great for Heineke but I think what's kind of important to remember when we're talking about fantasy football is that it is in fact different from real life football and there are certainly ways that we can take advantage of it we've seen over the course of several years now where bad real life quarterbacks make for decent fantasy quarterbacks and i do question whether or not taylor heineke could at the very least be a decent fantasy quarterback even if he's not the best real life quarterback um so far on the season heineke has completed 59 passes for 670 yards five touchdowns and three interceptions. He has also rushed, um, for 44 yards on 15 carries another touchdown as well so he's been okay um he's he's certainly not the elite konami code quarterback that we think of when we think of guys like lamar jackson and um, uh, you know kyler murray and uh justin fields hopefully um jalen hurts he's he's not quite there when it comes to being um a konami code quarterback with that much upside but he still does have a little bit of shake to his game and is able to make plays with his feet when he needs to um ryan fitzpatrick is still going to be out for a few more weeks so there's still going to be time for Heineke to show that he's deserving of keeping this starting job going forward Um, and the other thing I think is interesting about him is that we've seen through a few games now that the Washington football team's defense is simply not where we had thought it was going to be over the course of this season Um, the way we expected things to shake out for Washington has not exactly happened in terms of their defense they've um, lost 20 to 16 to the Chargers they won 30 to 29 against the Giants that obviously not a great defensive performance you're giving up 29 points and then they allowed 43 points this week into the bills so one thing that we can always look to do with our quarterbacks is try to find ways to take advantage of their team's situation and what surrounds them and i think that if a bad defense is surrounding the football team then whichever quarterback is in right now tyneke could benefit from having a bad defense that maybe um is giving up more points than than uh, what they're able to score and start of the game which then results in the team playing catch up throughout trying to gain ground on those teams that are that are ahead of them so um I don't love Heineke as a real-life quarterback, but as a fantasy quarterback, I think he's at least an interesting prospect, um, particularly for week four against the Atlanta Falcons. And then in the coming weeks, they also have matchups against the New Orleans Saints, Kansas City Chiefs, Green Bay Packers, and the Denver Broncos. So at the very least, I think he's a band-aid for your lineup if you're in. If you're desperate for a quarterback for this week, uh, I'd be looking to spend around 4% of my fab on him and then um, maybe playing it by year after week four against the Falcons. But Taylor Heineke of the Washington football team, 4% fab, at least for week four against the Falcons. And then kind of to your discretion after that, if you choose to consider him for weeks going forward. The next quarterback who I want to take a look at is Carolina Panthers quarterback, Sam Darnold. He is currently rostered in 21% of Yahoo leagues. And last week, his Carolina Panthers just absolutely destroyed the Houston Texans. 24 to nine, Darnold finished with 25.26 points. He was the overall quarterback five. It's been interesting. Darnold has, you know, also not kind of like Heineke. He's not been amazing, but he's been decent. Uh, For the first three weeks, Darnold has 888 passing yards. He has three passing touchdowns and two interceptions. He's also managed three rushing touchdowns on the season two of which came this past week against houston um he did not throw for a touchdown against houston he did rush for two near the goal line that kind of saved his fantasy week but it's also kind of nice to see that he's being used in that way and that joe brady and the and the offense is is willing to consider using darnold and in a multitude of ways down near the goal line to, to get them into the end zone. So um, at the very least, he may have some touchdown upside on the ground in some games. But Darnold also does have back-to-back 300-yard passing games now, which came against the Saints and then also the Texans. He completed 68.2% of his passes on the season. So overall, he's been decent in terms of not turning the ball over and getting the ball to his receivers he still has elite weapons dj moore and robbie anderson on the outside rookie wide receiver Terrace moore has looked okay um we know that he's a decent receiver who is probably going to continue to come into his own i think the hardest thing to project when it comes to the panthers in this offense right now is how efficient they will be without christian McCaffrey, who we know is going to be out for probably at least two weeks as he nurses a hamstring injury that he suffered in this week two with in this week three win over the texans uh christian McCaffrey is out we certainly know that he has a tremendous this ability at moving the chains keeping drives alive hopefully Darnold and backup running back Chuba Hubbard who I expect to take over that role will be able to keep drives alive in in wake of CMC being out uh, if they're able to I do like Darnold's upcoming games and their chances to put a lot more points on the board and some potential shootout uh, the Panthers over the next few weeks get the Cowboys the Eagles and the Vikings I think he is a very interesting ad given that he's still not rostering in a lot of leagues you can probably go get him in a one quarterback league I'm probably spending around five to six percent of fat on Sam Darnold if I'm looking to get him I think that he has staying power beyond just this this next matchup against the Cowboys I think Eagles and Vikings matchup could also be very decent spots for him so uh, Christian McCaffrey second quarterback for the the uh, for the waiver wire ads of the Carolina Panthers about five or six percent fab on him next we're going to take a look at the running back position and this running back is probably going to be the most added running back in your league this upcoming waiver wire period he's also probably going to be the most expensive ad uh, among all the all the players who have been on during this waiver wire period, similar to what we saw Eli- with Elijah Mitchell uh, after his week one performance with the Detroit Lions. Uh, that running back is Panthers running back Chuba Hubbard, who's currently rostered in 26% of Yahoo Fantasy Leagues. Hubbard came on in relief of Christian McCaffrey, who left the game early with a hamstring injury and did not return. He has not been placed on the IR, but we are expecting that McCaffrey will probably miss at least the next two weeks, maybe the next three weeks, which paves the way for Hubbard, I think, to be a high-volume running back in this Panthers offense. When Christian McCaffrey went down against the Texans, Hubbard stepped right in. He had 11 carries for 52 yards. He also saw five targets, um, which he turned into three catches for 27 yards, which is very encouraging as well. Um, When it comes right down to it, I think that Hubbard is kind of going to be using that Mike Davis role, which was obviously uh, a a similar but less efficient role than what we saw out of Christian McCaffrey. Mike Davis was a strong add uh, early in the season when people got him after McCaffrey went down he kind of fizzled out towards the midway point but Mike Davis still gave you plenty of usable weeks for fantasy purposes and I expect the same for Chuba Hubbard he's a running back who has uh as we know ability to run he had for a season with over 2,000 rushing yards at Oklahoma State in 2019 and we also know that Hubbard can catch passes we saw a little bit of that even this past week against the Texans so um I think Hubbard is kind of a player who um you you have to view as someone with a long-term um look as well as a short-term look he's going to give you hopefully a couple of usable weeks um, over this next stretch against Dallas and Philadelphia in particular for these next two games and then he maybe will also get a week three start against the Vikings we'll see where McCaffrey is at that point but with Hubbard there's also the long-term outlook and realizing that now McCaffrey has suffered an injury this season even though he's going to come back we know these kind of injuries can tend to nag and they can tend to pop over over other periods of the season and if that happens I think that Hubbard should he prove efficient over these next couple of weeks I think that he's going to be a player who uh, will continue to fill in for McCaffrey should he go down again so you're going to have to spend a lot to get Hubbard the short-term payoff will hopefully be worth it which will hopefully also make rostering him over the long term worth it should you need to start him again if McCaffrey were to go down so for Hubbard I'd be looking around a 50% fab I know it's aggressive I know it's bold but if you're a team that's maybe one and two or oh and three um, that's looking for a spark plug Hubbard could be it Um, I'd I'd be spending at least that much on him to try to save your roster if you're if you're looking to be in a really rough spot maybe you just go (laughs) as all in on him as you feel comfortable in hopes that maybe this is the one player that you need to turn around your your season before it's too late so um chuba hubbard carolina panthers currently rostered 26 percent of yahoo leagues i'd be looking at about 50 percent fab on him
0: colin kelly here the executive producer of the road of his radio podcast network and co-host of the road of his overtime podcast along with the phenomenal sean siegel the wait is over. The NFL season is here and there's no better time than the present to sign up for a Rotoviz NFL Pass. You'll get access to all of our content, all of our tools everything you need to help you for that in-season success. As a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass just by adding the code RVRadio2021 at checkout. Or go to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. Let's go get those championships. I hope you enjoy the podcast.
1: Next running back we have is Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back Giovanni Bernard. Bernard is currently in 16% of Yahoo Fantasy Leagues. Last week, his team lost 34-24 to at the Los Angeles Rams, where Bernard posted 20.10 fantasy points. Um, he had a very solid week it was kind of the week that we expected to see out of uh, Bernard from the start where we imagined in our mind that he was going to be playing this James White role he was just going to step right in and be everything that James White was for Tom Brady for all those years in New England and that simply kind of hasn't happened through the first two weeks of the season Bernard logged only 23 snaps and had only five opportunities with no rushing attempts he had only four catches for 28 yards through the first two weeks and then against the Rams in week three we finally saw what we thought we would have have already seen by now which was a high volume Giovanni Bernard day in a game that the Buccaneers ultimately lost by 10 they were playing catch up throughout this one so maybe that's why Bernard did see a little bit more usage but nonetheless he did see 10 targets he caught nine past 51 yards and he scored a touchdown ironically he still has not yet seen a rushing attempt uh, we know that Bernard has never been someone who's been overly strong in the rushing game but the fact that he hasn't seen even one rushing attempt through now three weeks is interesting um, but the other thing I think is really interesting with this whole Bucs backfield and then also Bernard in general is the Buccaneers backfield is just really not that great uh, they're averaging a league low 16 rushing attempts per game Ronald Jones has not been great Leonard Fournette has not been great this was honestly probably the best performance that we've seen of a Buccaneers running back for, through the first th- three weeks of this season and the fact that he was so so efficient for the buck for the bucks um, in this game maybe has me wondering if they're going to be leaning on him just a little bit more realizing that they clearly have no intents to run the ball but now it's time to get Bernard a little bit more work after we saw what he could do um in week three he did suffer a mcl sprain he's reportedly day-to-day with this minor injury i wouldn't be surprised if he suited up in week four for the buccaneers um against the patriots in foxborough but um that MCL sprain is not going to be enough to scare me off of bidding for him. I'd probably be looking to bid somewhere around six or seven percent on him. Again, I think the same principle kind of applies that did with Chuba Hubbard. If you're looking to save your season, if you're looking to get a guy who you think just might be that spark plug, certainly go a little bit higher than that. But I'm still going to take a conservative approach with Bernard just because this was one game out of three where we saw him get a decent number of snaps. Um, people may be a little bit more aggressive than that bid um, if you want to prepare for that properly. Obviously, I can't blame you for that if you're really looking to acquire him, but for me, it be about six to seven percent bid for bernard kind of tempering expectations that this could just be a negative game script that propped him up a little bit and that he could come back to earth um, in week four but i do like Gio bernard on the waiver wire this week i'm surprised that people have given up on him as quickly as they have uh this is your chance to to reinvest in him he's only 16 percent owned um so so go out and get him if that's what you're looking for Next position we're going to look at is wide receiver. And the first wide receiver we have on this list is Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver Hunter Renfro. Renfro is rostered in only 12% of leagues. His team is coming off a 31-28 to win against the Miami Dolphins, in which Renfro posted 18.7 PPR. Uh, quite frankly, I'm surprised that we have not rostered Hunter Renfro in more leagues early on. Uh, he's only rostered, like I said, at 12%, despite the fact that he saw 16 targets through the first two weeks of the season and had 11 catches for 127 yards in week three against Miami uh, Renfro just kind of continued his hot streak of, of hauling in passes he saw only six targets in this one which was a season low but did manage five um, receptions for 77 yards and his first touchdown of the season for a season high 18.7 PPR uh, Renfro finished as the wide receiver 15 on the week and he has double digit PPR performances in every game this season uh, the Raiders and Derek Carr have gotten off their surprisingly strong start at three and and the Raiders have been an aggressive Aggressive passing attack passing for the second most times per game at 45.3 pass attempts per game if you're looking for a solid wide receiver to start each week i think that renfo is very quickly starting to work his way into that conversation we've we've seen those kind of slot guys be usable before um, throughout years of fantasy football i don't think i need to really go through and remind us of uh, of some of these elite guys you know recently is people like uh julian edelman jameson crowder maybe russell gage to a lesser extent last season guys like that um who just find ways to work in the slot and and can give you productive weeks so uh hunter renfro currently rostering 12 percent of leagues i'd be looking to spend around eight percent a fab on him i don't think that he's going to give you a ton of explosive weeks but we we know that those wide receiver two weeks are there we saw one this past week and if the raiders continue to pass the volume that they are then i think more of them um could be on the way for renfro next wide receiver we're going to look at is new england patriots wide receiver jacoby myers myers is rostered in 58 of leagues so he's not quite the the sleeper that maybe we look at um more closely when it comes to some of these other rostered percentages but he is 58 rostered which i think is still far too low um his team last week lost 28 to 13 to the new orleans saints but myers did manage 18.4 ppr he's very similar to uh hunter renfro in terms of just quietly seeing decent volume early on. And he saw 15 targets through the first two weeks. He had only 10 receptions for 82 yards. But then in week three against the Saints, Myers went off for 14 targets. He turned them into nine catches for 94 yards and 18.4 PPR. Uh, The Patriots did trail for the majority of this game. It probably boosted Myers' target floor just a little bit, I think, as the Patriots are playing catch up. But it's easy to see a scenario also where the Patriots are in more negative game scripts over the course of the season. I don't think this is going to be a team that's very good. I think that at best, they're probably eight or nine win team. Uh, which means that they're going to be be playing from behind a decent amount, which means that Myers will continue to be the target hog for the Patriots in this in this offense. Um, last season, he emerged for 59 catches for 729 yards on just 81 targets, and he seems like he's kind of picking up right where he left off at. So Myers is another player who I think is going to have plenty of volume over the course of the season. I think he's a decent flex option at wide receiver. And I think that throughout the course of the season, we will see Mac Jones target him more um, as they even build that chemistry and that connection with one another um, over the course of the year. So, so Jacoby Myers, 58% roster in Yahoo leagues. I'd be looking to spend about 8% of my fab on him as well. I view him very similarly to, um, Hunter Renfro in terms of how I I could see their season shaping out. One quick fun fact about Jacoby Myers, he has seen 151 career targets. He has caught 104 passes, but he has yet to post a receiving touchdown. However, he does have one passing touchdown to Cam Newton, which came last season in 2020. So for a player who has seen the volume that he has most recently over these last couple seasons, it's kind of crazy to think that he's caught 104 passes, but has yet to find the end zone on receiving touchdown. Why don't you go out, get him off the waiver wire this week, and maybe he will find his first, first touchdown for your fantasy team, Jacoby Myers, 8% fab for this week. Next, we're going to take a look at the tight end position. And the first tight end we're going to look at is Minnesota Vikings tight end Tyler Conklin, who is currently rostered in 4% of Yahoo Leagues. He scored 20.0 PPR last week in his team's week three win over the Seattle Seahawks by a score of 30 to 17. Uh, Conklin was solid in this one. He he, He had a very nice performance. I think he kind of had the performance that we made up in our mind for first Irv Smith. And then when Irv Smith went down, we decided that Tyler Conklin could be Irv Smith light. Maybe he'll be okay. And I think finally in this one Conklin was the Irv Smith light that we have imagined in our minds. He had eight targets on the day. He finished with seven catches for 70 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Kirk Cousins has been very solid Through the team's first three weeks Despite the fact that they're only one and two Cousins has eight touchdown passes He does not have any interceptions on the season Uh, He does have two fumbles that he lost But but overall, Kirk Cousins has thrown the ball Rather well um, to get the season started off So now, I think it's just going to be a question Of who are his targets going to be On any given week I think we know that Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson Are often going to be the top two Um, K.J. Osborne, people were very high on him Through the first two weeks Osborne saw only two targets Targets in this past game um, while Conklin was the one who saw eight targets so maybe it, maybe it takes KJ Osborne not having a good week for Conklin to see more targets on any given week but that could happen you know it's not something that I think we'll be able to predict very easily but there's certainly going to be weeks where we could see the Vikings looking to target the tight ends more than KJ Osborne uh, KJ Osborne more than tight ends vice versa so um, it's important to remember with some of these tight ends who are getting off the waiver wire we're never going to be able to fully rely on them for the spike weeks um, that led to us talking about them in the previous week, most likely. Uh Conklin had 20 PPR in this one. His previous high for the season was I believe 8.1 points, which came in week one against the Bengals. So I think when it comes to chasing these tight ends, we're ultimately hoping to possibly have the absolute ceiling, but also being okay with settling with perhaps what's just a, a very okay floor. And it's not going to be a great floor, but it's going to be a floor that at least we can say maybe we had a guy who was in the top 12. Um, it's not hard as a tight end to be a top 12 tight end on any given week over the previous three weeks the tight end 12s were James O'Shaughnessy with 10.7 PPR in week one Dawson Knox with 9.7 PPR in week two and surprisingly Darren Waller in week three with 10.4 PPR they were all tight end 12s in their respective weeks Um, I think that if you get a guy like Conklin who averaged four targets per game prior to his weekly performance you're looking at a guy who you're hoping that you can get a similar production from um, as a guy who will hopefully give you a decent floor on most weeks so um, I don't really love looking to add tight ends hopefully you're not in a position to do so but if you are tyler conklin i think is at least interesting um he has i would be putting down about two percent fab on him hoping that maybe something comes of it further down the line the next item we're going to talk about is Dawson Knox of the Buffalo Bills. He is currently rostered 9% of fantasy leagues. His team is coming off a 43-21 win against the Washington football team where uh, Knox finished with 14.9 PPR. He's similar to Tyler Conklin. He's not going to give you a ton of spike weeks. He's, he will probably have some for you, and the biggest problem is still going to just be their unpredictability. Knox had back-to-back weeks now with touchdown. That kind of makes him a little bit more attractive of an add perhaps. He did catch four passes for 49 yards and one touchdown against. A football team he's averaging just four targets per game over the course of the season uh not a guy who i'm looking to spend much on to acquire but someone who again if you're looking to find that that guy to add he does have a nice week four matchup against the Texans. Maybe he finds the end zone there. We know that the Texans are not a very good team. Dawson Knox, I'd, I'd be probably looking to spend about one to 2% on him as well. He's, he's a tight end. Like I said, that they're hard to, they're hard to find. They're hard to predict in a high value, volume passing offense, like the bills, maybe Knox ends up seeing more work later on down the line. But if you're looking to start him, uh, you can probably find him or any number of guys who could be fillers for you in a given week, of the tight end position. But Dawson Knox, 9% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Um, ppr over this past week against a football team i would look to spend one to two percent fab on him if you really need a tight end now looking at what we like to call our super sleepers of the week the first guy is probably not a sleeper due to his 23.2 ppr performance in his team's 31 to 28 win over the dolphins i thought he was worth mentioning so i went ahead and just threw him in here at the end but that is las vegas raiders running back peyton barber again i'm not sure if he qualifies as a sleeper he is low owned he's only rostering eight percent of leagues but but he is someone who has now seen decent volume, and um, he had a he had a big week against the, the Dolphins. There's no two ways around that. He he finished with 23.2 PPR. Um, he was the overall running back five on the week. I don't love Peyton Barber. I never have. He's never been a player who's been super efficient. He has just three and a half yards per carry over his career and just 3.7 yards per touch over his career as well. But John Gruden likes him, clearly. Um, despite having the highest paid backup running back in the league and Kenyon Drake, Gruden has immediately pivoted to Barber. Barber as the bell cow back for the Raiders after Josh Jacobs has now missed the last two weeks with an ankle injury and finally during week three Peyton Barber delivered a decent fantasy day if you're adding him it's probably just purely because of the volume and the fact that now we know that if Jacobs misses a game that you're looking to slot in Peyton Barber perhaps if the matchup even looks remotely decent maybe the matchup doesn't even look decent but you understand that John Gruden is more than willing to probably run him into a brick wall 20 times a game, um, which could ultimately lead to a goal line touchdown or something of that nature. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's other people out there perhaps telling you to bid more on Peyton Barber just given his fantasy points this past week and his usage but he's not someone who I'm willing to fully commit on Um, I'm looking at about 10 to 12 percent fab on him at most I'm fine with losing him if I don't get him at that price I don't think he's a very good player Um, and I ultimately think that Josh Jacobs will come back hopefully Uh, but we know that Jacobs doesn't have a clean bill of health and if he happens to miss more games over the course of the season it's probably going to be Peyton Barber who fills in that Josh Jacobs role does not appear to be Kenyon Drake, despite what we were led to believe when the Raiders signed Drake to a two-year, $11 million contract in the offseason the next running back we're going to look at is Malcolm Brown of the Miami Dolphins his team is coming off a 31 to 28 loss to the Las Vegas Raiders partially at the hands of Peyton Barber who we ironically just talked about but the reason I want to talk about Malcolm Brown is I think that he has very clearly shown himself to be the 1B to Miles Gaskin's 1A and if you want to kind of get ahead of things early in this uh, fantasy football season I think Malcolm Brown is worth a stash before you possibly may look to add him later Miles Gaskin has been decent this season he hasn't been tremendous he has 27 carries for 139 yards um no touchdowns on the ground um he's he's just you know he's been he's been serviceable miles gaskin is a former seventh round running back who came on the scene last year and has been has been solid he has not been great malcolm brown hasn't been tremendous either but he's also been a solid back he did have a 24 yard run last week he did rush for a touchdown last week he has 17 carries for 68 yards on the season to miles gaskin's 27 carries for 139 yards uh the next closest running back behind behind Brown is Salvin Ahmed, who has nine carries. So so Brown is very clearly the running back two in this backfield, and I think adding him is just a chance to kind of get ahead of anything that may happen in the future. Uh, We never want to be bidding on running backs who um, perhaps see their value go up due to an injury to a back ahead of them. I think that Malcolm Brown is a back who... Um, maybe isn't the best of backs similar to Peyton Barber but if the Dolphins are going to lean on him more over the course of the season um, either you know voluntarily or maybe because they're put in a position where they have to do so I think Brown has a decent slate of games coming up where you would want to have him on your roster should he end up seeing more targets and more touches over the course of the next few weeks Um, the next four games that the Dolphins have are against the Colts the Buccaneers the Jaguars and the Falcons that Buccaneers matchup is a bit of a tough one uh, but the, the Colts the Jaguars and the and the Falcons would all be very decent weeks for Malcolm Brown to get some runs should he actually fall into his opportunity where he is seeing more touches than he has over the course of this season so um this is kind of looking ahead trying to find a way to get ahead of of your opponents before before something happens again where you you absolutely need Malcolm Brown and now you're forced to bid more on him than you would care to but I would go ahead and drop about two to three percent on Malcolm Brown I don't think that his 9.1 PPR performance is going to catch the eyes of too many of your league mates so just bid low on him see if you can get him and then. And if you're able to stash him for the upcoming weeks to see what would happen, um, he does possibly have some some decent matchups on the horizon for the dolphins. And before we head out, I just want to say that if you're a new listener and want to learn more about all the amazing tools and articles over at Rotoviz, be sure to head on over to rotovis.com and subscribe to the website. New subscribers can save 10% at checkout by using promo code RVRADIO 2021. And that is going to do it for today's Waverwire Wire Rider podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Rotoviz Radio wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave us a review. That always helps us out. Once again, my name is Zachary Kruger. You can find me on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. Thank you for tuning into today's show. And until next time, I wish you good luck and a good day.
0: At the UPS store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... nope.